Thanks for listening to this sermon from the Image Church. Find out more about us and our weekly services at imagejesus.com. The thing that we're going to be doing a little bit, so this is a little bit different. So we, we, I started out in 2 Corinthians 5 and brought it up to the end of 5. And then Chuck actually last week with the Meanwhile sermon jumped to the beginning of 5 and did an amazing job at that. And now I'm actually continuing on from where I actually ended the week previous. And so we're just going to roll in from that. But the text... It's so awesome here because um, this is the conversation that's happening here is Paul is um, addressing the Corinthians for being um, he's basically trying to he's confronting them about being nonchalant about the gospel in a sense. Right. There's a couple things going on. He's 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 confronting them about that. Um, and so we're going to see the dialogue, how that plays out, like how he's going to talk to them because of their nonchalantness towards the gospel. He, he puts it in the words of taking um, um, God's grace in vain or whatever, right? And then there's another thing coming into play inside of the situation because you have these super pastors or whatever. If you read further in the text down Corinthians and other chapters in the beginning and you see the way it's framed, there's an issue going on. It's these, he, he terms them super pastors, but what he's saying is, is, is basically prosperity pastors are coming in the mix and they're, and, they're, and they're muddying up the waters as far as the gospel's concerned, right? And so what it's doing is actually causing the people to kind of, to, to, to not jump into the gospel, but kind of to be on the hills of their feet. So they're kind of looking at it like they don't know, you know what I'm saying? And so Paul is kind of checking them like, yo, don't play with this at all. And, um, and, 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 and so he's presenting the gospel big. He's presenting the cross and the work of the cross as big, like, are you crazy? Don't miss out on this, right? And so I think this is an important conversation because I think for us, this is the conversation often personally with ourselves, right? And also with other people. We have people that are like, man, I think church is amazing. I think what God is doing is amazing, but they're actually on their heels because there's been so much muddying of the water, right? Whether it's the news, the media, whether it's just people they know, whether it's um, heartbreak from the church and everything else, People are kind of like, do I want to lay my life into this, right? And Paul is telling them, this is worth laying your life completely down for. And, and, and so he presents that conversation. I think this is great for us because I think as a believer, you will find yourself having to have this conversation inwardly, like with yourself. And, and, and at times, bring, when you hit hard places, you have to come before the cross and you have to look, make the cross get big again for you, Right. Because we get nonchalant and get cute after a while or whatever, and then we start, we get on the back of our heels and we're not all the way in Christ because we think we kind of got it. And then on top of it, as we're ministers and we're bringing the gospel to people, same thing happens. We deal with the attitudes. We deal with speculation towards what it is. So the thing is, how do you have that conversation when people have speculation or they have hurts and they may be true? So what does that conversation look like? And that's what I think we're peering into right now. And it's an awesome discussion. This isn't going to be on the screen where I'm going to start, but I'm going to start reading from um, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, and I'm going to start from verse 18 and then bring it up to our text for the day, which is 2 Corinthians 6. All right, so it says this right here. It says, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. 
For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So before I get into our text for today, I just want to, it slides right into this, like one uh, continuous conversation as we go into chapter six. But what Paul did this, did right here before he goes into this, this conversation where he's jabbing at them for, the, for being on their heels and not in their, in their unsurety, um, and, and jabbing might not be the word because he's, he's lovingly, but he's being very frank with them. But before he goes there, he presents God really big, right? He presents the mission. He, he, he talks about how Christ reconciled us to himself, right? So in this conversation, when you're dealing with somebody who's a doubter, the first thing he does is go to the gospel. Like he makes the cross really, really big in the conversation, right? Then he talks about how we've actually been called into this mission. Like he's now called us into the war. Like we're a part of this, this amazing thing he did. We now get to become and become a part of it and become ministers of reconciliation. Reconciliation, those who've been enemies with God, we get to bring them into relationship with God by telling them the good news. So he's, he's laying this before them. Like this is absolutely amazing, y'all. Like this is, this is it, right? And then he's, throw, he's throwing identity. Like we get a new identity. He says we are ambassadors for Christ. Right. So we stand in place. We stand as a representation of him. So he's throwing this stuff in front of him. Right. And then he says, God is making his appeal through us. And he says, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made in him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God. Right. So he's throwing he, he, he's he's given identity and he's talking about the cross real, real big. Right. And then we're going to go into our text, 2 Corinthians 6. It says, working together with him, which is Christ, then we appeal to you to not receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you, and in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation, right? Paul is saying this right here. He's telling them, don't play with grace. Don't play with this amazing thing that God has given you. He's like, don't take it in vain. Don't, don't be nonchalant about it. He's like, this, this thing that you've been waiting for, like this is it. This is the favorable time, right? So I think the way this looks like for a lot of us sometimes is um, we kind of got something in our back pocket. Like it could be an ambition. It could be this thing, this, this, um, this idea where it's like, yo, God, I'm down the road with you. But I think the picture looks like me being filthy rich, though. You know, I just want to be a filthy rich Christian. You know what I'm saying? I'm always with my cross on my neck, let people know I represent Jesus. So we have, we have this thing or whatever, right, that, that goes with the story. So it's like we won't fall all the way in and let the Father guide us and lead us, right? But it's like we're halfway in, like we're with you. I'm feeling this thing. But there's, there's some things I got to pull off first, right? That's, that's where we get deceived. This is what Paul is really getting at. He's talking to him, don't take the grace of God in vain, right? Saying now is the favorable time. Like, you're sitting here trying to figure out, but now's the favorable time. I was having a conversation with one of my buddies yesterday, and I was telling him, I said, man, what's so crazy about it is that along the path, that thing that you, th- number one, the thing that you think you want so bad, it, it's so small compared to what God has for you. It's so tiny, so pitiful. Like God has a way, he, he has a way crazier thing for you in front of you, right? And it may not be like what you even thought. It's God. It's, he can do whatever he wants to, right? 
But wherever it's at, there's going to be joy, even if there's suffering there, right? And we're going to get in that as we go. You know, I was telling my friend a personal story. I said, man, I said, I've been in love with the music business since I was a little kid. And I've always worked and worked and done all these things and all these projects. And when I finally got standing inside of Sony Records and I'm with the executives and everything else in this and, and, and the opportunity for whatever I want is on the table. I'm like, man, God, I've been working on this forever and God's been working on my heart in such a way that when I finally got there, I didn't even want it. So the thing is, the thing you're running after, you may not even be the same person when you get there, right? So thank God I have that story to tell you, but I wish I would have just fell into them all the way from the get-go because I could have I I stopped spending time and got to it a long time ago. But I had this thing that I thought was it. Or sometimes we're deceived in thinking we have this thing where it's like, oh, um, you know, the Lord spoke this to me. And we're like, we're holding on to that thing so hard. But the thing is, we're not letting God and we're not allowing him to lead us in what it even looks like to arrive there, if, if that's where we're to arrive to, right? So we're like, man, I got this thing. And we're trying to steward and make work this thing. But God's like, that's, that's not what it is. You're lacking some stuff on the way. I'm going to crush you a little bit. You need integrity built. You need all type of things to happen that, that are missing. This is where we fall into this faith where we just trust them. And Paul is saying, do not take the grace of God in vain. Fall all the way in. Just follow him like he is a good, good father. He's a good father. Cares about all of that. He knows about your dreams. He knows about everything about you. So just roll with him and trust him, right? So... So Paul is saying this, and we got to understand, too, in the context of this conversation, there's a little bit of bite to the stuff that Paul is saying. There's a little bit of bite because he realized that these slick pastors are coming in, and they're taking this opportunity to try to pluck people from the flock, right? He's trying to pluck them. They're trying to pluck them, whatever, right? And so they're coming with slick stuff, and they're pointing at, at Paul. They're jabbing at him because they're saying, yo, if your man is so, they're basically saying the favor of God is not on him. How could the favor of God be on him? He's sitting in a jail cell. He's been beaten. He's going through nothing but trials and tribulations. Your leader's looking real extra pitiful right now, right? And so, so that's the way that they're coming at Paul. So Paul is addressing all of that. Because Paul's objective is the gospel, that people will see Jesus, right, and come into that. And these guys are trying to get in the way with that, and Paul is not feeling it. This is what we're about to see. Um, hold on for me one moment. We're about to see what it looks like to witness out of your weakness and to minister out of your weakness is what we're going to see in the scripture, right? And Paul, Paul is going to do some amazing stuff here, right? So verse 3. He says, we put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. All right. So that word, um, that word obstacle in the Greek is proskama, and it means a cause or defense or a scandal that might cause blame on the gospel ministry. Right. So listen to that. Paul is Paul is functioning in a way where he's having to steward this calling um, and, and he is looking to actually just, he doesn't want any fault. He doesn't want any speculation to come on, 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 on Christ, right? But we're about to see, how does he tactically do that? Like, what is he, how does he go about doing that? That's what we're going to see inside of scriptures, right? But let me tell you what it looks like for most ministries. 
This is how this text would read. It would say, um, <clears throat> it would say we put obstacles in everyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. Do you get where I'm coming from? Did you catch that? We put obstacles in everyone's way so that no fault may be found in our ministry. So I have a friend of mine or whatever that is um, in the ministry. Their family's really deep in ministry, run a really, really big church. And I ran into them not too long ago. And, you know, and they were like, man, we're, I'm at another church. And I was like, how are you at a, another church? Your whole family runs like this church. Like, how'd you pull that off? And they just started going on and they were like, you know, just can't take the fakeness no more. They said, it's all about money and it's all about power. And they said, the sad thing is, is that our family is actually the most messed up family in the church. And if we would tell the truth about it, our whole church would get free. But because we live a lie, we've actually uh, made, a, made a, a culture of people who just wear their masks. We wear our mask, they put on their mask. But if we would take off our mask, everybody would get free, right? That's a perfect example of what we're talking about. We put, a, we put obstacles in everybody's way to keep them from seeing what's really, really going on, to bring, not bring fault to the ministry. It's really not about the ministry. It's about the money and it's about the power, right? This is where this gets all kind of confused and, all, and ugly. So, so Paul is hitting these points because this, there's the speculation going on. The super pastors are trying to slickly, you know, like, like how do you lower somebody away? You start building speculation against the person who... They're following, right? So he's, he's addressing this stuff. Um, Paul is telling him, he says, Paul's like, we're, we are out here. Your speculations and doubts are unwarranted because we are exposed. All right? And we're exposed to bring glory to God. And we're going to see why, how, how this happens in the next scripture. So verse 4, he says, but as servants of God, we commend ourselves. In other words, we are fully invested and we're committed in every way. By great endurance and afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, and hunger. So, where the super preacher is using all of these different things to disprove Paul and say that the favor of God isn't on them, Paul is using his weakness to say the gospel is actually worth all of this. Like, these struggles and all of this stuff, like, they're testifying to the fact that God is faithful even in the worst of times, right? Like, God isn't being disproved or belittled in this. He's actually being proven as strong in our struggle, right? I got a partner of mine, um, and, uh, and he told me the other day, well, it was a couple weeks ago, he was going through some stuff or whatever, and, uh, and, 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 and this is no joke. This is exactly how he told me. He said, Jay, he said, bro, you know, I haven't, he said, you know, like, I, I know you're going to say something to me about not reaching out to you, but I just didn't feel that I was supposed to. And he was like, man, I've been struggling so bad. And he was like, I've been actually having to go over to my neighbor's house with buckets to get water out of their spigot, right? 
don't know if people say spigot anymore or whatever it is, all right, the thing. All right, me and my friends just used to drink water out the hose or whatever. I don't know what. But anyway, out there spigot, he's like, man, he said, bro, he said, I feel so, I'm walking back to the crib, trying to, I'm doing it early in the morning because he, he lives in a decent neighborhood. Like, he lives in a nice neighborhood. He's just struggling. He's like buckets sloshing back and forth. He's like, my old jeans leg is wet and everything. He's like, I'm just looking crazy. And he's like, I've had to go home with the bucket. It's like I got one bucket or whatever. I use this to help me flush the toilet. I got another bucket. I'm using this one right here to heat up the water to wash the dishes. And I got this other bucket over here, whatever, that, you know, for drinking and everything else, whatever, right? And he's telling me this story. And he's just like, bro, it's been crazy. He's like, but you want to know it's been crazy? He's like, bro, I'm like washing in my little bucket, getting bathed up. And he's like, God has been so close to me every step of the way. He's like, every time I feel like I'm walking across the street, I feel like Jesus is like walking right next to me. He's like, I feel like he's walking right next to me. He's like, he's been so faithful. He's like, it's crazy. Like, I've never felt him like this. He's just in it with me in the struggle. I'm making bread, bread on bread sandwiches. And he's with me, eating the joint with me. Like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Just we together. And then, and then what was amazing about it is that he hit me up just, just maybe about a week or two ago, we had this conversation. He said, man, he said, man, everything is better now. He said, I'm good to go. Taking a hot shower, I'm chilling, you know? But he was like, he said, I had to check myself, you know, earlier today because I had to back up because I started getting a little cute with it. Like, and, and, and he's like, I didn't want to forget what it was like to be in that struggle and have God so close to me. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like this idea of staying poor in spirit. Nobody, nobody wants to look poor. Everybody wants to look cute in spirit. Everybody wants to look like a powerhouse. But God manifests himself in our weakness. It's just the way this thing works, right? But man, it did my heart just a joy to hear him say that. You know, um, man, it's like once you feel God like that, you don't want to get too far away. You want to stick really, really close to him because you don't want that to go away. And this very thing, Paul is, Paul is pointing at the idea that God is being manifested beautifully in the struggle, right? That he's, he's close and he's dear. Um, verse 6, he says, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech, and of the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, right? This word, when he says weapons of righteousness, it means it's a Greek word that, says, that means hop, it's called hoplin is the word, right? And it is basically, it's basically describing warfare, like tools that you help that you use in war, that you build with, right? So Paul is saying like, Paul is telling him like, you are not our come up. Like, like these, these super pastors and, and, and people in the world would come at all of us in this room and try to build speculation against the gospel and gets everything that comes with that, right? And Paul as a minister of the gospel is saying like, yo, you, you're not our come up. Like, you're not my way to get an awesome car to ride in. You are not, like, my, the way to line my pockets. Paul is saying, I'm actually struggling. I'm actually suffering that the gospel can go forward. 
right? He's like, I'm removing all speculation. He's like, if you think I'm sitting on a beach somewhere, just chilling somewhere, tell me when. Because I'm in a jail cell, being led around by a Roman guard. So he's like, there's no obstacle for you to go through here. You're able to, you can come visit me right at the cell. Inmate so, so, and so, whatever, right? So he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you might want to go check your other friends that's whispering in your ear. Go check him out. But over here, there's nothing but suffering, right? Nothing but suffering. And that's what he's pointing us to. You know, there's a, you know, when I read this right here, and I just want to read the scripture again, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. You know, I like how Paul is using the word we because it, it, it points to this plurality in leadership and it points to this idea that Paul is saying like, it's like, I'm not, I'm not good. We actually, we work, we have to work this. You understand what I'm saying? So, you know, I was telling my friends the other day, like we're just talking about ministry and everything else. People kind of get this idea that you're some type of Superman because you preach or something, right? And it's not the case at all. Um, I have no idea what God is thinking to have me be a minister, but it's his will, and, and, and I'm glad to do it, and I'm honored to do it, right? But the, but the honest thing is this right here, the, and I'm just going to keep it real to you. There is much room to do dirt as a minister. There's much room for it, and we see it all the time. We see scandals breaking out all the time, right? And, and, and a lot of times when you see that, see that happening, you have ministers and you have men and you have people who have set themselves as the high and mighty lifted up one person and they have a bunch of yes men to the side, right? There's nobody to come check them. There's nobody to come get at them. It's very easy for them to slide in a room and do what they want to do. They take the money and they go to the side and they play with the money themselves, right? And they do what they want to do with it. And Paul, when he's saying this idea, when he's talking about we, that's him pointing to the fact that an obstacle has been removed as well. Because he's saying that there's other men that I'm accountable to. And there's other people that I'm accountable to, right? He's saying there's other people looking in on this. And we're actually guarding ourselves with this, with knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love. Like, this ministry stuff is like thug life to the max, for real. Like, I'm telling you, sometimes, like, people do stuff, and it just makes me, I'm just like, I'm just like, man, all the grace is out the window. I just be like, yo, I'm about to go see homie. I'm going to go see him. I'm, I'm trying to do the right thing. And then you might have Matt and Chuck. They be like, hey, Jay, don't touch that. We're going to handle that. We're going to handle, like, let us go. We, you know, we, like, it's like when I'm like, when grace has come to an end for me and, like, love and mercy, they catch it. And, and, and it helped me not to mess it up really, really bad, right? Be in bad shape without them, right? But it's, it's we, right? Man, we have some crazy conversations, like for real. Like this one is like, like days of our lives. Like this time's Matt, like I walk in the room and I'll be chilling, whatever, and Matt be like, you know, I'll walk by a room or whatever, and Matt will just be on the side somewhere be like, I feel like something's on your mind, you're not revealing to me. I'm like, what the heck, man? What's you all in my stuff for? You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and uh, I mean, for real, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we had these conversations. 
I was like, Matt, I feel like you just did one of those white power moves on me, bro, with that thing you just, where you said this or whatever, and this and that, or whatever. Like, we were joking earlier because I said something to him like that the other weekend that I needed his help, and I was like, I said, yo, Matt. I said, bro, I need you to pull a white power move real quick. Come on, bro, come help me. He's like, nah, nah, man. We don't want to pull, nah, you don't want me to pull no moves. I'm like, I'm like, pull a move. I need some help, bro. <laughs> but we talk like that. We talk like that because we're exposed. We're exposed to each other. We know to carry what God has given us in this church and this love and this beautiful thing that he has us involved in or whatever. I'd be a fool to think that you're just safe in my hands. I don't even trust in my flesh like that, right? I trust in what God has given us as far as leadership and us in the church and us being family and us being able to speak truthfully to each other, right? It kills the speculation. It kills the obstacle. It kills it, right? A lot of, some of you don't know us that well, but a lot of you, you know us. You know us. You, you've seen when it's cute. Some days it's fun and we're laughing real hard. And some days we can barely lift our head up because it hurts so bad, right? But it's no obstacle to get to that and to see that. We're not insulated, right? We're not hidden so we can just do whatever we want to. And that's what Paul is doing. He's throwing a jab at the guys talking in their ear. And he's telling the people, he's like, yo, don't fall for the game. You see me, I'm wide open, I'm right here in front of you, you know? Verse 8. He says, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as imposters and yet are true. As unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold, we live. As punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. You know, I feel guilty for um, feeling this way at times, but y'all may identify with me when I say this or whatever, but there's times and seasons when I feel like, I feel like um, you're trying to prove how awesome God is, right? but you don't know how to prove it. And, and what I mean by that is that, you know, Paul presents the amazing thing we've been called to. But, and so what I'm trying to say is sometimes with how Paul is saying, man, we've been called to be ministers of reconciliation. And he's talking about the cross. Man, how crazy are we when we don't think that's enough to lay before people? Like, it's not substantial. Do y'all get where I'm coming from? Like, I feel guilty and dirty about that when I'm impressed with somebody's prestige or something. As if my father isn't the most amazing thing ever, right? Amen. How foolish of me. But there's times I actually have felt like that. And I'm still in that place right now where I see people who have the world in their hands. And, they, and they'll come and they'll speak to me and Matt or Chuck and they'll be like, yo, we'll, we'll lay it all down to do this. I'm like, wow, are you serious? Like, you're the freaking boss, dude. They're like, nah. And it just pokes me and it reminds me like, yo, this thing right here, it's worth laying everything down for. Right? It's worth laying your, your deepest dreams down for. Right? I believe that. I've laid mine down. I believe it. 
I believe it. I'm still having to lay it down. Because I, you know, I want to run back and pick them up sometimes. I have certain ambitions and all that. I ain't tell y'all about my man's Spanx. It's real. You know what I'm saying? I got my man's Spanx idea out there ready. to. I'm going to hold it back, though. I ain't going to give it. I don't got the patent. It's pending, all right? But I got some ambitions, you know what I'm saying? And I wrestle with them sometimes or whatever, right? But I'm just saying this to say that, like, man, it's so worth it. I understand there's a struggle, right? I'm, sometimes I'm wondering, I'm like, man, God, how am I going to pay for all these eight kids to go to college? How am I going to afford that? But I'm just like, God, I trust you. I just trust you with it. I trust that falling in you and letting you guide my steps is the best thing that I could ever do with my life. Like, I believe you're all that. You understand what I'm saying? I believe that what you did on the cross is all that. Right? And so, so we keep having to come back to the cross to find that, though. Because I could keep saying I all day long, but the fact of the matter is, the only time I believe that is when I'm at the foot of the cross, and, I'm, and, it's, and it's dear to me, right? And I'm clinging on it for dear life. And that's where we keep finding that. And that's what Paul is doing in the beginning of the text. He's like, man, this amazing thing happened. Right? He's looking to not count your iniquities and your sins against you. It's through his son, Jesus. He wants to bring you back in. And then he wants to bring you in on a mission. And it's the best, most amazing mission. Do not take this in vain. This is the real deal, right? It's the real deal. Verse 11 says, sums it up like this right here. He says, we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. Paul is saying to them, we are out here exposed, right? You're trying to throw speculation on us like we're the ones hiding, but he's like, you're the one in the shadows. We are out here butt naked exposed, right? We are being dragged and drugged and we are being imprisoned and we are being beaten for the sake of the gospel to go forward and God is being glorified. But you're looking at us like we're suspect. And he turns it on him. He's like, where are you hiding at? Where are you hiding at? Where are you on the hill? Where are you on the hills of your feet? Paul is saying the time is now. It's time to go to war. You get on the balls of your feet for war, right? You get on the balls. That's your posture. The balls of your feet is where you do war at, right? Not on the heels of your feet, kind of trying to figure it out. That's what Paul is, is, is stepping to them about. And then he says to them at the end, he says, um, says verse 13 says, uh, In return, I speak as to children, widen your hearts also. He says, widen your hearts also. So he's saying to them, the way a child grabs their father's hand and just gets led, Gets taken wherever the father goes. And trust that the father has good intentions for them, right? Trust that the father cares about where they want to go, right? Like my kids are always like, yo, dad, I want some ice cream. Ice cream, I'm like, I don't know if we can get there. And they think that sometimes I'm just saying no, but in my mind, I want to get there. I just don't know if we can with the schedule, right? But I need them to trust me that, man, I care about what you're asking me about. I care about it. God cares about What's rumbling in your heart? He cares about it. But we have to trust him as a good father. And so this is what the question I leave you with, right? Man, y'all can start coming up. This is the question I leave you with. 
Where are you on your heels at? When it comes to what God, if you're, if you're a member here, if, 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 when it comes to what God is doing in the image church, where are you at? Like, are you on the heels of your feet? Are you on the balls of your feet ready to go at it for real? Do you really believe that God is doing something amazing here? We talked about this earlier. The church is at 2.5% diversity in the United States. 2.5% diversity. That is deplorable, right? And that's not even on a 50-50 scale. That's 70-30%. That's how racially we are divided. And we're supposed to be the ones standing at, with this banner of the cross that, 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 that brings unity on every level, right? But God saw fit for us to be on the corner of liberty and confederate, and he's doing the work right now. I don't know if people understand how special that is, right? We're already getting calls from people like, hey, how do we worship together? Um, how is this happening? Like God is doing something amazing in this room right now. It's nothing to be nonchalant about, right? There's going to be, like, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not going to play the prophetic card on you, but I'm just going to tell you what we're going to see happen. This church is going to be a big part of that. Not because we're awesome and we're special, but because God is doing something awesome and special in here. Right. Right. He's doing something awesome and special. Me and Chuck talked the other day and Chuck was saying to me, he said, man, I know we we go into this by being intentional, by being intentional. But there's a place where we cross the line where we just start falling in love with each other. And Chuck was saying to me the other day, he said, man, I know we're going to have so much fun together when we embarked on this. Right. Man, we have a ball together. We love each other. And people come in and they they feel the residue of that. And it's evidence of what Christ is doing. Right. It takes a little bit, takes a lot of bit for us to lean into that. But what I'm saying is God is doing something amazing. There's going to be leaders raised up out of here that are going to go and accomplish what God has called them to do out of his church. Churches are going to get planted. Leaders are going to get trained, right? People are going to be able to do something about this 2.5% statistic, and it's going to spread like wildfire, and we're actually dead in the heart of it right now. I'm just trying to give you some future vision and understand what God is doing if you look up the road a little bit. It's nothing to be nonchalant about. It's nothing to be on the back of your heels about at all. It's time to jump in, right? It's time to jump in all the way in. And so, you know, I just want to close with this right here. All that stuff is super important, but it doesn't hit home until you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. So the most important thing I can walk off the stage is telling you that if you're sitting around looking at Jesus and you're trying to figure out where you want to jump all the way in or whatnot, if God is pulling on your heart and he keeps jabbing you, he's like, stop holding on to this thing and this thing you're trying to keep to the side or like this reputation with people you want to hold on to because you're afraid of what they're going to say about you or, or, or like you esteem man's opinion higher than God's, right? That's how this, we get trapped in all of these things and they're like this big, they're nothing compared to the goodness of the Father and the promises he has for us and the way he loves us, right? through thick and thin, right? Who doesn't want joy in the middle of the storm? Storms are coming, but you're in bad shape if you don't have the Lord when you're in the middle of a storm. But we got a father says, I'm with you in the storm. I'm with you when you're on the front of a yacht, whatever it's gonna be, we rolling together. I'm never going nowhere. If you gotta go get your bath water from across the street at a neighbor's spigot, I'm rolling with you across the street. I'm not going nowhere until we see each other and we're standing in eternity, chilling. I'm there, period. You don't want to miss out on that. You don't want to take God's grace in vain. And so 
We're going to go ahead and I'm going to end with a prayer. But like after the service is over, you can come grab me. You can come grab Matt. You can grab Chuck. Um, and we love to pray with you. All right. Just bow your heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness, Father. Um, thank you for your son, Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sins. Father, Lord, we ask that you will do a work in our hearts like only you can. And um, Father, help us to get off the hills of our feet. Um, I feel so disrespectful at times even asking you to help because I don't understand what's wrong with me when I don't, I can't grasp the beauty of what you did in its fullness. But the fact of the matter is, Lord, is I am messed up like that. But you said you wouldn't leave us and you said you wouldn't forsake us and you said you would walk with us and you would sanctify us and you would change us and you would give us glimpses of you and we would be transformed in the process, Father Lord. So, Father, we pray, Father Lord, we come before you with open hearts, with humility, with our face to the ground, Father Lord. And we're looking at you, Father Lord, to be transformed and be changed and become more like you, Father Lord. Help us get on the balls of our feet, Father Lord, and get in this battle, Father Lord. Now is the perfect time. You've came. The harvest is plenty right now, Lord, and we need workers to do the work. Help us do the work, Father Lord. Help the workers come in so we can get the harvest and souls will be saved, Father Lord, and our family will grow and we will praise you and we will cause such a fragrance of beauty to go up in the city that it will be seen all over the world and bring glory to you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.